Welcome to worship at the Church of the Palms for Sunday, July the 19th. We are delighted that you have joined us for this sacred time and invite you to relax wherever you are, calm your spirit, and allow God to use these moments to speak his blessing and his guidance. Let us now worship together. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let us worship God.
What does God see within us and among us that we do not see? Do you suppose that God is disappointed, frustrated, angry? What defenses have we created to keep God out of our lives? How have we turned away from the life God intends for us? Now is the moment to come out of hiding, for God already knows where we are. Let us pray. Sometimes, O oh God, we forget people, or we toss them aside, the difficult ones, the needy ones, the ones that are hard to spend time with, the ones who confront us. And sometimes when we do things like that, it's not really about the other people, but about us. We are uncomfortable, or we feel guilty, or we follow brighter, shinier people, or we worry about what will make us look good. We are in such desperate need of your forgiveness. We need to be forgiven for our sin, for our mistakes, for mistaking what the world values with what you value. Help us to be better and to see more clearly and to care more thoroughly. In Christ we pray, amen. God has invited all of us to strip off our old selves to accept renewal in the image of our Creator. Right here, right now, in the warmth of God's love, our greed is melting away, our anger is finding constructive release, our despair is giving way to hope. God delivers us from the folly of self-preoccupation to joyous involvement in our Creator's wonderful works to humankind. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. generations of believers from centuries past, let us affirm our faith by repeating together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let us take a moment to watch a special greeting from our little preschoolers. Peace be with you.
morning and welcome. Thank you for inviting us into your home this morning. My name is Sarah Soboleski and I am the Director of Outreach and Families here at Church of the Palms and we are coming to you in this pre-recorded service from Sarasota, Florida. We encourage you to connect with us on Facebook, on YouTube and via our website where you can learn more about our church and more importantly find ways to uh, communicate with us because we'd very much like to know more about you. Um, we were very greatly saddened this week by the passing of Edward Alley. Uh, Ed, as he was known to his friends, was the former manager of the New York Philharmonic and the associate director of the Opera Center at the Juilliard School. In our community, Ed was, among many other things, the producer and host of Music Mondays, the lecture series with Sarasota Institute for Lifelong Learning. He took over that role in 2017 after the death of his wife, June. Ed will be greatly missed by many, and we take comfort in the fact that he and June are together again. As I mentioned, this is a pre-recorded service, but between today, Friday, when we were filming, and Sunday the 19th, Day of Hope will be on our campus here in Sarasota. Uh, serving over a hundred families, providing them with the materials they need to start the school year on the right footing, whether that's at home or at school, time will tell. Um, it's a very important ministry always, but perhaps particularly so this year. So uh, we're thinking of them today, and we'll look forward to a week from t this Sunday, uh, hearing from Chairperson uh, Marlene Petro and Marsha Barson, uh, hearing about Day of Hope and seeing some pictures as we can um, reflect over that um, that special day. Uh, we also wanted to remind you to send us photos or videos of you and your pets, furry pets and non-furry pets, whatever kind of pet you might have for our Peace Be With You segment. We know they can't actually say or probably cannot actually say Peace Be With You, but we know that they wish us peace and that they bring us peace in this challenging time. So please do send those pictures along. They can go to Jackie Gomez here at the church. Um, in addition, we're so grateful to have the very talented Jack Gallahan here with us, as, as Lori mentioned, Pastor Lori. Jack is a, a cellist and a food uh, supply activist, and you may remember Jack is the founder and artistic director of the local branch of If Music Be Thy Food, which is a series of benefit concerts which raise awareness and support for the hungry in communities through the sharing of great music, including our own food. Pantry. Uh, you can read more about Jack in today's bulletin, which is available in recent e-blasts and on our homepage. Welcome back, Jack. Our reopening advisory team has been monitoring the course of the COVID-19 virus and has decided that for the well-being and the safety of our congregation, it is best to postpone our in-person worship reopening date from August 9th to September 20th. We are hoping and praying, as we know you are, that over that period of time, conditions will improve to allow us to worship together in person again. As always, we're continuing to monitor local conditions and consult experts, and we'll keep you updated as to the viability of that date, again, September 20th. This is not news that any of us wanted. Um, but I do have some good news today, and that is that we're very excited to tell you that we're planning an in-person fall kickoff. And you may wonder, how is that possible, Sarah? Well, I'll tell you how. After our online worship on August 30th, after the broadcast on that uh, Sunday morning, we'll invite you to come to our campus for a fall kickoff drive-through. Uh, where you'll receive gifts, goodies, books, food, materials, and all sorts of good things that will launch us into our new theme for 2020-2021, which is Fruit of the Spirit. All this will come to you without your having to leave the safety and comfort of your air-conditioned car. So mark it on your calendar. Again, that's August 30th, and more details will follow. Let us now continue our worship. Come, let 
our newest of members to Church of the Palms. Where you are, each of you, our new members, I hope you'll raise your hand as we do in sanctuary often. And so our new members are Linda and Dawn Brewbaker, and also Rachel Ferguson, Rose Henderman, Sandy Murphy, and Linda Thorson. We welcome you to Church of the Palms full membership to love God and to love neighbor together and serve the neighbors we have in God together. And these new members have gone through the new member class virtually and they have answered the questions of new member covenants and the session have joyfully voted on them so they are fully members. So those of you who are already members worshiping virtually, please clap your hands. This is the time when we do that. And also we have five more new members and four children that we are not recognizing today, but we will in August. And the church continues to grow and we are always happy we do welcome more members into the life of Church of the Palms. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we thank you for these new members, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who have joined the Church of the Palms. We give you thanks for their lives to this day, and we pray for continuous blessings from you upon them in the days to come. Together, may we continue to love you and love our neighbors we have from you. Great God, we give you thanks for the privilege to serve the children of the community through the Day of Hope. Continue to make us the instruments of your love and grace, we pray. Remind us that we are but one small part of the church universal, and that together with the other parts of the body of Christ in the world. Merciful God, we lift up those who are sick in body, mind, and soul, we pray. Touch them with your healing power, we pray. We remember those who are making their way home to you. Give them your peace, we pray. Comfort those who are mourning this day, we pray. Be with those who lead us in government, in businesses, in industry, in education, in health services, in construction, in services of others, the armed forces, the mission, and the church. Grant each and every one of us your wisdom that comes from listening to your holy voice, we pray. Now we bring all our prayers to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So now is the moment we call the moment of gratitude. The gospel writer John reminds us that Jesus is the eternal word and that from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. More and more we see that the times are perilous and we see that the ministry of Church of the Palms has been put here for such a time as this. 
Please continue your giving so we can continue to feed the hungry and the families that are in the community and prepare the children to go back to school, preach or reach out to their neighbors near and far, and also stand in solidarity with those who are abused, exploited, and exploited and oppressed and support partners in mission locally, nationally, and globally. So we can work to end the racism and anti-Semitism that erodes the soul of our nation and invite all of our neighbors who worship into worship our most loving and merciful God. You can see on your screen how you can give. Go online and give through our website just click on the gift icon, or you can text to give 941-202-5125. You can mail us a check to the address on the screen, or you can arrange a bank automatic withdrawal to the Church of the Palms. Now let us give to God and all God's ministries who give us first.
us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our people, their generosity, and the gifts that have been given in love. May what has been given be used effectively in your kingdom through caring and understanding and loving kind of ministries. And we will give you the praise in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Hello again. My name is Sarah. I'm here for the children's moment now. Um, we've been thinking about you kids, you kids, our students, our young adults, and my goodness, we've been thinking about your parents because these are strange times we're living in. And just want you to know that Pastor Lori and Miss Carol and Ethan and all of our volunteers and all the people who care so much about you, we're thinking about you all the time. And we hope you're having a great, great summer. I have been trying to learn new things this summer since I've been home so much. And when I feel like my kids are making me a little crazy, I say, you know what, Sarah, you should learn a new skill. So one of the things I've been learning is I've been trying to little bit, learn a little bit about juggling. And I use balls at home, but I thought that might make a mess here in the sanctuary. So I brought bean bags. So watch this. Are you ready? Ta-da! How about that? Not very impressive. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Watch this. Are you ready? Ta-da! But what if I tried to do three bags? Do you think I could catch them? How about if I did four or five or 25 bags? Do you think I could catch them all? I don't think so. Just learning to do the two took me like two weeks. I'm not very coordinated. And I got to thinking that these bags are a little bit about the stuff I do, about all the things I do that take up so much of my time, and I get so busy, 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 and I have so many bean balls, bean, bean bags, balls or bean bags, in the air, and I get worried that I'm going to drop things. And to tell you the truth, sometimes I do. I just can't catch them all. Well, the scripture story from today is about two sisters and their names are Mary and Martha. And Jesus is visiting these two sisters because he's their friend. And Mary is sitting and listening to what Jesus has to say. And Martha is busy, busy, busy. She has lots of balls in the air because she's trying to make sure everyone has somewhere to sleep and everybody has something to eat. And she's busy, busy. And she's very annoyed with her sister for not helping. And so she goes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, have you noticed that I'm busy, 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 and my sister is, most, is not? She's not helping me. Will you please tell her to help me? And you know what Jesus says? He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about too many things. But only a few things really matter. Only one thing, really. And Mary has chosen the important thing, which is sitting with me, She's not distracted, and I will not take that away from her. I think this may be a good reminder for us, too. It's definitely a good reminder for me that we don't have to juggle so much. And it's really important to focus on the one thing that's most important, and that's listening to God. And we can listen to God when we pray, or we listen to Bible stories, or we love the people in our lives really well. And guess what? Listening to God helps us decide what else we need to catch so that when we have lots of balls up, we're sure that we catch the most important things. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you for your son Jesus and for the ways that he showed us that the busy life is not the way to you the better life is. Help us always keep you and Jesus closest to our hearts. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
As many of you are aware, our sister congregation, Temple Sinai, with whom we worship every Thanksgiving, was the victim of a hate crime this week. Anti-Semitic language and swastikas were found spray-painted on their outside walls. This is not the first time such terroristic crimes have been committed against them. We grieve with them and stand against such acts of hate and prejudice. Dr. McConnell has been in touch with the leadership of Temple Sinai and has sent them a letter of support and solidarity on behalf of the Church of the Palms community. Many of you received this letter in the e-blast and you can also find a copy on our website. Please join us in praying for our brothers and sisters and for the love of God to prevail against the evils of hate. Can we pray right now? Let us pray. Gracious God, we lift up our Jewish brothers and sisters with love who have once again been targeted with hate. Comfort our friends at Temple Sinai and give them peace. We know, O oh God, that only light can dispel the darkness, that only love can drive out hate. Make us instruments of your peace, beacons of your light, and vessels of your love. Amen. I think it is timely that we are focusing on spiritual disciplines over the summer, which are meant to bring the abundance of God into our lives, which is then poured out to others. Never has this felt more important than in the midst of this endless pandemic where acts of hate towards our brothers and sisters of color and of Jewish descent continue on. Friends, we hope and pray that developing spiritual practices will help keep us open to the mysterious work of God's grace in our hearts and in our world. So far, we have talked about prayer, solitude, study, fasting, and submission. Today, we get to take a look at meditation. To explore this theme, I have chosen a well-known story about two sisters that you just heard in our children's moment. It is recorded only in the Gospel of Luke, and you will find it if you'd like to read along in the 10th chapter, verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracting, distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I'm curious, which sister do you most closely align with? Are you more like Martha, the worker bee, busy, 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 getting stuff done? Or are you more like Mary, and you can be found lingering, pondering, and hanging on to every word that Jesus whispers? And you see, Jesus can whisper, because you are such an attentive listener. Well, I have just one thing to say to all of you Marys. Somebody's got to make the bologna sandwiches. And I think that is where we start to get into trouble with this passage. We treat the Mary and Martha archetypes like a mutually exclusive either-or choice. 
with just a smidge of superiority in whichever camp we happen to land in. And then we defend whichever side most reflects us out of fear and shame of being wrong or corrected, all the while without listening to each other. And when we do that, we dislocate the body of Christ. We dislocate ourselves from each other. This is the poison we find ourselves in today, isn't it? All those binary choices that inflame people while ignoring the person. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Are you pro-life or pro-choice? Are you a Black Lives Matter person or are you an All Lives Matter person? Are you pro-black or pro-cop? Society says, pick a side and defend it. Divide yourselves. Well, this is not what Jesus says. We treat the Mary and Martha story and all of those situations, I suppose, like a Hobson's choice, which is not really a choice at all. Have you ever heard of this? This phrase is said to have been originated with Thomas Hobson, a livery stable owner born in Cambridge, England in 1544. Apparently, Hobson had an extensive stable of 40 horses. This gave the appearance to his customers that upon entry, they would have their choice of mounts, when in fact, there was only one. Hobson required his customers to choose the horse in the stall that was closest to the door. This was to prevent the best horses from always being chosen, which would have caused those horses to be overused. So a Hobson's choice is a free choice in which only one thing is offered. Because a person may refuse to accept what is offered, the two options are taking it or taking nothing. In other words, it's what we often say in my house. You have two choices for dinner. Take it or leave it. Initially, I will admit, this is what it sounds like Jesus is saying. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Hmm. There is only one good choice. And how unlucky for me, the type A overachiever, super doer, that it seems to be the thing that Mary chose. Well, lest we Marthas beat ourselves up too much, we would be remiss to not mention the story that precedes this one in the Gospel of Luke, the Good Samaritan. I know we are all familiar with this story where an expert in the law of Moses trying to justify himself asks Jesus to define neighbor. Jesus tells how the Good Samaritan helped a beaten man while others of the faith hurried by, averting their eyes to not see. And then Jesus says of the Good Samaritan, go and do likewise. Did you catch that, Marthas? Jesus says, go and do, not sit and listen. We know Jesus himself came not to be served, but to serve others. The Gospel of John records Jesus actually washing the feet of his disciples as a tangible demonstration of what a true follower of Christ does in the world, marked by humility and service. Not to mention that hospitality is regarded as one of the highest values in their culture. In fact, Jesus and his disciples often relied on this hospitality to even do their ministry. Go team Martha. But we also know that even in the midst of a very demanding ministry, Jesus made a habit of going away to a solitary place to be with God. Go team Mary. So it seems as though both contemplation and action are required for the Christian life. 
Perhaps one should pay attention to both the situation and to her habits in an effort to discern where the focus is needed. For example, if you've been just serving and doing without con connecting to God, then you might want to take some time to meditate alone with God. If you've only been contemplating, perhaps it's time to ask God for a nudge on what you might be able to go and do even within a pandemic. Do you remember when the pandemic was just getting started? Even before grocery delivery was a thing? Well, I read this story about a woman who was open to going and doing. She wrote, I went to the grocery store this afternoon, and as I was walking in, I heard a woman yell my name from the car. I walked over and found an elderly woman and her husband. She cracked open her window a little bit more and explained to me nearly in tears that they were afraid to go into the store, afraid to get sick as they were in their 80s and they had heard that this novel coronavirus is affecting older people disproportionately and that they don't have family around to help them out. Through the crack in the window, she handed me a $100 bill and her grocery list and she asked me if I would be willing to buy her groceries. Well, I bought the groceries and I placed them in her trunk and gave her back the change. She told me that she had been sitting in the car for nearly 45 minutes before I arrived, waiting to ask the right person to help. And I wonder, would the right person be you? Or would we avert our eyes? Given today's culture, which rewards achievements, accomplishments, and busyness, I think we could all use a good word on contemplation or meditation. Paul Goodman observed that we have most hastily forsaken that which we most need, the fertile silence of awareness pasturing the soul. Well, we're not immune at Church of the Palms, you know. In fact, one of the things I am most proud of in this church is how well we do for others. Serving is in our DNA, and that's a good thing. Just ask the families from Day of Hope, or the folks who frequent our food pantry, or the kids who have been tutored and read to on our campus and at Wilkinson School. But service alone is not quite enough. I like how one of our elders put it in a prayer that he shared with us as we prepared for worship a couple of weeks ago. He wrote, May all we do flow from our deep connection with you, O God. Of course, God delights when we spend time together, but it's in this space where God will begin to answer the stirrings of our heart, where God will give us insights that may be deeply practical and perhaps even mundane. Meditation can send us into our ordinary world with greater perspective and direction. It reminds me of Alice in Wonderland. When Alice came to a fork in the road, she stopped and asked the Cheshire cat sitting in the tree which way she should go. He asked her where she wanted to go, and Alice said she really didn't know. Well, then, said the cat, it doesn't matter. Sitting in the presence of the holy will give clarity to what we are called to do next helping us to see opportunities where we can share love and grace. Perhaps time with God could move us to respond like a teenager did in Georgetown, Tennessee. Again, during the early days of the pandemic, a senior adult ventured out to the grocery store. Lane McKeel had been shut in for some time, but his disability check had arrived and he needed some food and other necessities. When he reached the checkout counter, 
his bill was $173. As he counted out his money, he was surprised to find that he was $33 short. Ashamed and embarrassed, Lane quickly began grabbing things to put back on the shelf, but the 17-year-old cashier stopped him. Reaching for her purse, the teenager paid Lane's total bill out of her own money. When someone asked her why she did it, the young woman said, it was all essential stuff. We've seen a lot of older people and they're all trying to buy groceries and a lot of places have run out of stuff. And so the older people are kind of taking the downfall for that. I just try to pay attention to opportunities when I can give back. How do we slow down the Martha pace enough to pay attention to not only what's in front of us, but also what's around us. How do we see with God's eyes? I've read that Eastern meditation is an attempt to empty the mind. However, Christian meditation is an attempt to fill the mind. It boldly calls us to enter into the living presence of God, listening for a sacred word for our life. The God who spoke the universe into being continues to speak to us today. In our information overload culture, we have lost the art of lingering over words. Reading often means gathering information, acquiring new knowledge, and even mastering a new field. Meditating with scripture is different. This is about allowing the text to read us. It is about cooperating with the Holy Spirit as we listen to the word with the ears of the heart. Someone once said, reading the Bible without meditating is like eating in a dream. In his book, Life of the Beloved, Henry Nouwen wrote that if we were to spend 30 minutes a day listening to the voice of love through a sacred text, we would begin to see ourselves as a blessing to God. Claiming our own blessedness always leads to a deep desire to bless others to speak good things to and about them, to call forth their beauty and truth. The blessed one always blesses. It flows naturally from our hearts, and it starts by meditating and basking in the love of God. Well, there's a story about Grace Thomas, who was born in the early 20th century in Birmingham, Alabama. After getting married and moving to Georgia, Grace took a clerking job in the state capital in Atlanta, where she developed a fondness for politics and the law. So although she was already a full-time mother and a full-time clerk, Grace enrolled in night school to study law. Grace shocked her family by announcing that she wanted to run for public office, not for the city council, but for governor of the state of Georgia. There was a total of nine candidates that year. Nine candidates, one issue. It was 1954, and the issue was Brown versus the Board of Education, the landmark decision that mandated a desegregating of schools. Grace Thomas was alone among the nine candidates to say that she thought this was a just decision her campaign slogan was, say grace at the polls. Hardly anyone did, though, and grace finished dead last. In 1962, grace ran for governor again. By then, the racial tensions in the South were far more intense than they had been even eight years before. Grace's progressive platform on race issues earned her a number of death threats. One day, she held a rally at an old slave market in a small Georgia town. 
Grace motioned to the platform where once human beings were bought and sold like a commodity, and she said, the old has passed away, the new has come. A new day has come when all Georgians, black and white, can join hands and work together. A red-faced man interrupted her and blurted out, are you a communist? Why, no, Grace replied quietly. Well, then where'd you get all them gall-derned ideas? Grace pointed to the steeple of a nearby church. And she said, I learned them over there in Sunday school. You see, Grace had spent time listening to the word of her Lord. What she heard changed her life and launched her on a very specific mission. Kind of sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? And I wonder which road God might be inviting you or me to go on. Seems like we might need to meditate a bit, listening to God's word and basking in love so that wherever we go, and all we do and say will flow from a deep connection to our Lord and Savior. Friends, this week, let's take some time to meditate on God's word, to bask in God's love, so that all that we say and do will come from a deep connection to God. And now may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen.